What's up, everybody? It is the All Fit Podcast, episode number two. Rob Schwartz here, owner, founder, manager of All Fit Orlando. Super excited to be coming to you from outside today. It's beautiful. It's a very nice day here. So if you hear some birds or planes in the background, I am sorry, but it is just too nice to be inside. Uh, those of you who gave us response and feedback from episode number one, thank you so much. It's great to have you guys listening and finding the information that we're giving you uh, useful. So that's it today. No guests today. I've got a really good topic that I just want to kind of dive in with you guys one-on-one -on -one and chat about. But before we get into our topics, number one, uh, welcome to a new training phase at Off in Orlando today. Valentine's Eve, February 13th. That means we are starting a new 10-week training phase in the gym. Uh, the last nine weeks, we were in a hypertrophy phase where we were building new lean muscle. Now we're going to take that new lean muscle and we're going to go into a 10-week strength phase where you're going to work on building up your strength and getting you to lift more and move better. It's going to be great. After this 10 weeks, we're going to move into an endurance phase because it's going to be spring and we have uh, obstacle course races coming up. We've got the Murph coming up. Uh, we've got all kinds of things coming up in the spring and the summer. So we're really excited to, you know, in phases, build new muscle, then strengthen that muscle. And then we're going to make sure that it can move for a very long time. Make sure you check your schedules. Uh, there are, there were a few day changes. Uh, so make sure you keep up with it, but man, just show up and put in effort. It's going to be great. Coach Nick, we had him on last week. He's the uh, the mad scientist behind everything, and he is going to be dialing in this program. He's super excited about it, all right? Also, multiple workout tracks, so really cool. Check it out. Don't want to spend too much time on it today. Listen, uh, what do I have for you guys today? Don't roll your eyes when I tell you what we're going to talk about, but my goal with these podcasts is to kind of keep them you know, on pertinent topics that are going on in the fitness industry, and then kind of alternating between like, you know, weightlifting and movement, and then nutrition and accountability and support. So last week, it was about weightlifting and movement. This week, we're going to talk about uh, nutrition. And again, don't roll your eyes. Those of you that know me will laugh. But yes, we are going to talk about the number one villain in all of nutrition, sugar. And look, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to ruin everything for you guys, right? I'm not I'm not telling you, don't go have that ice cream, right? I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm not telling you not to enjoy a dessert every now and then. What I'm really focused on is all the hidden sugar in your everyday life, the stuff that is killing you. And I'm not just talking about the obvious points of sugar, guys. I'm always talking about as well, the hidden sugar. Um, and so if I can educate and, and help you guys understand where sugar comes from, what, where it comes from, how it comes from and how to, to, to not incorporate so much of it in your life, then I've done a good thing. Right. Um, now listen, man, sugar, it's hidden everywhere and it's not exactly what you think it is, right? It comes from all kinds of different sources and, and, and it is really secretly hidden in all the foods that we eat. And sometimes when you think about sugar, you don't really think about carbohydrates, but that's essentially where sugar comes from, guys. Carbohydrates break down into glucose. Glucose is sugar. Um, so you've heard like high glycemic, low glycemic. We're going to touch on a little bit of that stuff today. Um, but let me preface with carbs are not the enemy out there, guys. You shouldn't be restricting those macronutrients as well. You need them. They're absolutely essential. But where sugar is really a problem is it's slowly killing us as a country. It's slowly killing us as as human beings because it is actually hidden everywhere and our diets are so 
heavily reliant on sugar and sugar byproducts that it's sneaking into everything we have. And diabetes right now is so prevalent that it is type two diabetes. It's, it's so, it's like one of the, the, the biggest diseases that we face and deal with as, uh, as a society. Um, but it's also the, one of the biggest ones that can be prevented as well. Type one diabetes is inherited. That's not something that you've read. We're talking about type two diabetes that is developed. Um, and typically it's coming from a diet that's full of high complex, high glycemic carbohydrates and lots of sugar, especially in sugary drinks and things like that. So we're going to dive into that a little bit on this podcast episode today. Uh, first, before we dive into it, a disclaimer, our nutrition program is powered by the Healthy Steps Nutrition Program. At Healthy Steps Nutrition, we believe that something as fundamental as nutrition should not be complicated, which is why we focus on a simple habit-based approach to help you reach your goals one healthy step at a time. It's important that a disclaimer that because the only person who should be giving you actual meal plans and directed nutritional uh, uh, direction is a registered dietitian. What we do here is we coach and we help and we guide through this process to information that we get from our registered dietitians, Nicole and Kayla and all the folks at HSNHQ. Uh, I actually get a chance to go and visit with them at HQ next month. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing everybody there. All right, let's dive into it, guys. All right, let's dive. It's going to be great. I'm excited for you. All right, so here we go. Many studies show that a high consumption of sugar is associated with infl inflammation and many chronic diseases. All the cells in our body, including cancer cells, need sugar or glucose for energy. Some diseases that are directly linked to sugar consumption includes diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease. Obesity is also strongly correlated with sugar consumption and can account for at least 13 types of cancer, including breast, liver, and colon. Did you know that the average American eats or drinks over 500 calories of sugar in a day? That's about 36 teaspoons, guys. Think about that. Would you sit at your living room, uh, at your dining room table, and pour out 36 teaspoons of sugar, put it in your mouth and eat it? Well, a lot of you are doing that and more in your daily diet, all right? In a given year, Americans are consuming over 150 pounds of sugar. That's insane. According to the USDA in 1822, the average American ate in five days, in five days, the amount of sugar found in just one 12-ounce soda today. That is Absolutely mind-blowing, guys. It makes sense that the prevalence of obesity in 2017-2018 was 42.4% for adults and 19.3% in children and adolescents. It's also as clear why we are still seeing these numbers increase yearly. The risk factors associated with high consumption of sugar may have shocked you, or maybe it was the amount of sugar that made your jaw drop. You may be wondering, how in the hell... Think about the last time you had a sweet treat that turned into a few more innocent handfuls or that one cookie that all of a sudden turned into a whole sleeve of cookies. I know it's Girl, Cow Girl Scout cookie season. I know. Stay strong, guys. We got this. We've all been there. In fact, I've helped many of my nutrition clients navigate the sugar in their life in a mindful way. There becomes this negative feedback loop of restricting sweet foods uh, to having just one, feeling guilty, and then over-consuming going overboard. We've all been there. But why do we struggle so much to stay mindful? I'm going to tell you why. Sugar is a drug, guys. All right. Sugar has the same effect on you as a drug. Mental cravings, the high that you feel from getting it, 
and then the the letdown afterwards and then the craving for more. It is the same vicious cycle as a drug. And in fact, this one is worse than a drug because it is more prevalent, easily accessible, and it will kill you. All right. I'm not trying to be scary. Just trying to trying to drive a point home. Right. All right. So have you ever heard that sugar is addictive? Addiction is a craving for a specific substance that involves continuous use, which becomes hazardous to your well-being. That's according to the FDA. Let me put it in these terms, guys. A study that took place at the University of Minnesota found that sugary foods cause a similar effect on our brain when compared to those on drugs. This is where the phrase sugar is more addicting than cocaine stems from. It's true. So now we know how much the average person is consuming, why it is so easy for us to consume that amount when it's considered addictive and the negative effects it has on our health. But you may be wondering how much is 34 teaspoons? Is that a lot? Well, the American Health Association recommends that no more than 24 grams of added sugar for women and 36 grams for men each day or about six to nine teas or six and nine teaspoons respectively. All right. So take that in, and, and also remember that I said added. OK, we're not talking about the sugars that you naturally find in some of your uh, in some of your foods. Uh, especially like fruits, okay? But we're talking about the added sugars that are added to things that we eat all day, every day, all right? So the average American is consuming nearly six times the recommended limit for sugar in a given day. But we aren't likely to sit around and eat sugar cubes all day. So how are we consuming all of this sugar? It's simple, guys. Sugar can be sneaky. Sometimes sugar can hide in different types of foods without us being aware. I want to go over the three most common foods with hidden sugar with you. The first one is like convenience foods, breakfast foods, such as oatmeal packets, pop tarts, yogurts, and cereals. I'm going to break it down. A single serve oatmeal packet, like your Quaker oat packets, they contain 11 to 15 grams of sugar per packet. And sugar is the second ingredient. Why did I say that? Because if you look at an ingredient list, they list ingredients in the order of what is the most prevalent to the least prevalent. So if sugar is the second ingredient in your packet of oatmeal, it is the second most prevalent. So it's oatmeal first and then sugar second. Okay. Pop-Tarts, one package of two Pop-Tarts contains 30 grams of sugar. 29 grams are added. Okay. Uh, tricks, cotton candy yogurts, right? I see moms give that to their kids all the time. 14 grams of sugar per serving guys. All right. Popular breakfast cereals have an average of 10 grams per three quarters cup. And you guys know that you're not eating three quarters of a cup. All right. The second one, easy grab and go snacks, right? Think about those pantry foods. Think about those trail mix, granola bars, packaged pastries, and even some protein bars. The trail mix that is often marketed as heart healthy snack contains 10 grams of sugar. Packaged pastries like little Debbie Swiss rolls contain 26 grams. A typical granola bar, such as a Nutra grain bar, 12 grams. All right. And that Quaker chewy dip chocolate one that you love to give to your kids, 13 grams. All right. And this category of grab snacks, protein bars, right? Not all protein bars are as healthy as you may think. Just because it says protein bar doesn't mean it's good for you, all right? Some of those bars have 19.5 grams of sugar, which is more than a Krispy Kreme donut. I'm not telling you to go get a Krispy Kreme donut instead of a protein bar. I'm telling you to read your labels. Look at the sugar, guys. All right, the final category is beverages. Uh, hopefully, most of the folks at All Fit, they already know this stuff. Guys, you can't drink your calories. All right. Those beverages, they have the big, they're the biggest one, right? They've been a big to topic of conversation when we talk about the obesity pandemic as well. 
Here's a few shocking sugar-packed beverages, right? Nesquik fat-free chocolate milk, 54 grams of sugar. Minute Maid lemonade, 29 grams of sugar. Snapple iced tea, 46 to 50 grams of sugar. And then a 12-ounce Coke has 39 grams, all right? Uh, also, don't forget about those coffee creamers, guys. You have about six grams of sugar per tablespoon, which we all know you're not putting a tablespoon in there. That stuff can add up fast. So think about the beverages, quick snacks and breakfasts you have, uh, you and your family have had in the last week. Think about the foods that you give your children, all right? Be smart about this stuff, guys. I want to take a second and just like, huh, let's digest that. Take a nice deep breath, all right? It is true. Sugar is hidden everywhere. So what can we do to help decrease our sugar consumption and to improve our health? The easiest thing that we can do, and the thing that I suggest all of my clients do, is that you start with nutrition labels, all right? Be that person, check those labels. But here's the thing, guys. When I look and I check nutrition labels, I don't go right to the, I'm not looking at the calories. In fact, 90% of my nutrition clients, we never even talk about calories, okay? If you're eating the right foods in the right quantities, the right time and the right portions, the calories don't matter. They will fall where they need to. What I'm looking at is what's in it ingredients-wise and what's in it when it comes to the sugars, right? So a little off topic from the sugar, one of the things that I always tell my clients is you should be able to, if you're eating close to nature, whole foods, that you should be five ingredients or less, and you should be able to pronounce all of them. If you have 20 ingredients and you can't pronounce half of them, it's genetically modified, stay the hell away from it. Okay. But the first place I go to is that carbohydrate, um, that carbohydrate section of the nutrition label. All right. And I'm not looking at the grams of carbohydrates. I'm looking at the sugars and the included sugars. And I'm saying to myself, does this make sense for what I'm trying to do? Because I'm a male who tries to stay under 35 grams of added sugar per day. So am, am I going to consume this product as a snack and it's got 22 grams of sugar in it? Probably not, because then I've almost hit my daily goal, right? So look at those labels. Make sure that you can pronounce the names, right? If you want to search further in the ingredients, look for that hidden sugar stuff, right? Bring your eyes down to the ingredients list. There's estimated to be around 60 different names of sugar on food labels. So you've got to be really smart. If it ends in os, pretty good chance that that is sugar, okay? All right. So now that we're aware of the sneaky sugar and how to find them in our nutrition labels and where it's hidden, let's dive into a couple of tips to help you enjoy sweet treats, but be mindful. All right. So the first and foremost is to use sugar alternatives. There are many different names for sugar as we discussed. And while some are marketed as healthier, they all contain some sort of glucose, which causes an inflammatory response in the body. For instance, Honey, maple syrup, agave all contain sugar. I know that there was a, a big thing a few a few years ago where people are like, well, you know, don't have sugar. Go for these naturally occurring alternatives like honey and agave. It's still sugar, guys. All right. Uh, and essentially, it's pure sugar that you're adding or, or topping your foods with. So here's some three substitutes that you can use in the kitchen that will sweeten up your foods without providing excess sugar. All right. So the best direct sugar alternatives are allulose, monk fruit, and stevia, okay? I'm out here drinking my coffee. My coffee has um, monk fruit in it. I love the monk fruit as a sweetener. It's naturally occurring. It has no glucose in it, it and it, it's a natural sweetener without 
actual sugar. Uh, something that I cannot use in my household is cinnamon. Uh, my wife is definitely allergic to cinnamon, but cinnamon uh, hits all the same taste buds of sugar uh, without adding sugar. So if you add like some cinnamon to your protein pancakes or muffins, or even in your coffee, it'll help provide that same sweet taste without actual sugar. Um, unsweetened shredded coconut is also a great add-in to like energy balls or to put into oatmeal or for baking. Um, also a few uh, fruit puree is great for baking, right? No sugar added purees in baking will give you a sweet taste and also help moisten a baked good. Notice I said fruit puree. That is not fruit juice. Uh, I will touch on that in a little bit. All right. Um, so hopefully that will be helpful. All right. Number two, never eat carbs alone. All right. Um, or as the glucose goddess, by the way, if you don't follow the glucose goddess, go look her up on Instagram. Um, she's amazing. She's written some amazing literature. Um, it's at the glucose goddess. Um, fantastic. Give her a follow. Okay. She calls it putting clothes on your carbs, right? So you never eat carbs alone. When you eat meals and snacks that are not balanced with a protein, carb, and a fat, you're more likely to experience a blood sugar spike. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So what we want to do is we want to pair our carbohydrates with proteins and, um, and good fats. All right. Um, when we do that, we feel fuller for longer and we slow digestion process um, so that the protein will, uh, the protein and fat will allow better glucose management in there. Right. So just having straight sugar alone or, you know, a straight high, uh, high glycemic carbohydrate, not so good. But when you put some protein and some, some green vegetables in there and a good fat, now you've got other things going on in your stomach. When the digestion happens, the spike from the glucose is not as high and doesn't last as long. So it's much better for you. So instead of eating that packaged oatmeal alone, um, which we know is packed full of sugar, find a lower sugar option and consider adding, adding like a hard boiled egg uh, or a scrambled egg or some sort of protein powder with a little bit of peanut butter, right? Or even some Greek yogurt. You put clothes on your carbs. All right. And the third one is mindful portioning, right? Stay mindful with your portions. Uh, I always like to use the hand portion guide with my clients because it's easy to use um, and you can use it anywhere. But we are allowed and should incorporate our favorite sweet sheets, but we should be very mindful about the portions. Find a balanced mindset that allows you to totally enjoy a cookie, but then move on instead of eating an entire sleeve. I also recommend, again, we're talking about putting clothes on your carbohydrates or your sweets. Uh, try not to consume them on their own, right? If you want to have dessert, actually have it as dessert, right? You want to have that bite of cookie or that bite of cake, have it after a meal. Don't have it as a standalone. The blood sugar spike on that is going to be extreme. And it will be, it'll be harder on your system. All right. So Rob tip. All right. My personal tip that I learned from the group glucose card goddess and through uh, healthy substitution and all the research that I've done personally is that eating a half a plate of non-starchy vegetables as a meal starter, if you choose to consume high glucose carbohydrates or sugar. So that means if you're going to have that, that crazy cheat meal, I, listen, last night was the Super Bowl. I had pizza and chicken wings, all the things that we don't want to do on a regular basis. For me, it was a one-time treat. But before I ate those things, I had, a, I had a half a plate of broccoli. All right. Call me crazy, but it wasn't that big of a deal to, to microwave some, some broccoli, eat that first. And guess what? I didn't eat as much of the other bad stuff because I was full on it, number one. And number two, 
I, 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 you know, it was in the evening. It didn't, it didn't uh, mess with my sleep either. Eating a lot of food high in uh, high glycemic carbohydrates or sugar really does interrupt your sleep. And then that sets you up for bad, you know, bad days. So try not to do that. Um, in case you didn't know, I wore a continuous glucose monitor for three months and did experiments on myself. It was really great. If you can afford it, if you're interested, I highly recommend it. I saw some ads for Dexacom last night that said that um, they, they even made it smaller than it used to be. So that's really cool. I'm actually interested in maybe doing some more tests on myself. Anyway, I digress. Uh, wearing my CGM for a month and doing deep dives into the effects of my blood sugar and research done by other reputable sources, I found that by eating a half a plate of non-starchy vegetables first, then my protein and saving the starchy carb and maybe the occasional dessert for last, reduced my blood sugar spike from the meal and how long that blood sugar spike lasted. All right. Um, I, I will share with you just a couple of for instances um, that that I did. First, I, I ate a bowl of spaghetti and I had a huge glucose spike. And then I went back and had that same bowl of spaghetti for dinner. And before I did that, I had an arugula salad first and had some vinegar and, and uh, oil and vinegar dressing on top of that, which also helps in blood sugar. And my blood sugar spike was considerably less and lasted uh, half the amount of time. So same meal, half the spike. It, it was absolutely amazing. All right. So I won't get too much into those, but I, I do want to touch on one other thing. Um, I talk a lot about, if you've ever heard me talk about apple cider vinegar. All right. Uh, I want to share a quick story. When I was on my weight loss journey, uh, as a lot of you know, I got into boxing and kickboxing. Well, I was training for this fight and uh, I was struggling as I, I had a cut. It was a very big weight cut for me, but I was struggling. And uh, this guy, uh, I was, I was sent to this guy to go train with him. They say, go train with this guy for this fight. He's, he's really good at helping you cut weight. Plus he's a great boxing coach, whatever. So I walked in the gym and here's this guy and he's standing behind this counter. He's got all this crazy stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, man. He's like, I'm going to help you. And he, he's like, you want to know my secret to cutting weight? And he, goes underneath this thing and he pulls out this big jar of apple cider vinegar and he puts it on his on the counter he's like come here man you're gonna do a cap full of this and i'm like what this is disgusting i'm not just shooting a half a, a cap of apple cider vinegar he's like i'm telling you man drink this three times a day and you'll be good to go uh he he wasn't his application was a bit misguided but the idea and diving into this research myself he wasn't that far off so uh, apple cider vinegar uh, acts as has been proven to act as a buffer to flatten a glucose curve. All right. It's used regularly as a more holistic approach to managing diabetes. Uh, while there are many ways to take an apple cider vinegar, the preferred and proven method is to take a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar into an eight ounce glass of water and drink it prior to the consumption of a meal in which high GI carbs or sweets are to be consumed. They do not recommend that you drink apple cider vinegar straight shots um, because it's bad. It messes with the enamel on your teeth. All right. Uh, while there are many other ways to take apple cider vinegar, like pills, capsules, and gummies, uh, I think even JLo was promoting some goli, uh, G-O-L-I, goli. Um, they find that that gummies, something changes in the principles 
and it does not have the same effect. The only thing that worked uh, other than straight apple cider vinegar were um, pills or capsules, um, but still not as good as actually diluting apple cider vinegar in eight ounces of water before you drink, all right, or before you eat. Um, so that's kind of it, all right. Uh, I don't really want to. I don't really want to dive too much more into sugar than that right there, but. Uh, hopefully you found that information super, super helpful, right? So just to review, guys, uh, going over a couple of things. Number one, sugar is hidden everywhere. The first thing that you should be doing all the time is you should be checking food labels for what you're eating. Look in your pantry right now. Look at your um, look at your condiments, right? Condiments are huge in barbecue sauces and syrups. Look at your sauces. Look at your condiments. Look at the things that are in your refrigerator right now. You can start there. Uh, I always recommend a pantry cleanup. Look in your fridge, look in your pantry, look at the things that are high in sugar that are just not serving you right now, okay? Get rid of it. Um, number two, read those labels, right? Le read them, understand them, try not to incorporate too much added sugar. Ladies, try to keep it 25 grams of added sugar or less. Guys, 36 grams of added sugar or less per day. Uh, always that helps by planning out what you're going to eat too. If you plan and have a strategy of what you're going to eat, the chances of you falling victim to over-consuming sugar is a lot less. Um, so reading the labels, planning our meals. Um, and then number three, putting clothes on your carbs, right? Following the plate method. We talk about the plate method all the time. Rob, it can't be just as simple as the plate method. It really is. Stop trying to overcomplicate your process, guys. Half a plate of vegetables, lean protein, carbohydrate, preferably low to moderate on the glycemic index, add fat in to cook or to add as a topping. Good. Two thumbs full, right? Two tablespoons. Uh, and then eating your vegetables first, then your protein, and then save your carbohydrate and your sweet treat for last. Number four, don't binge, man. Allow yourself. If you want that sweet treat, go have it, but have it with your meals, put clothes on it, and then move past it. In my house, we make sweets, uh, we make our house a temple, right? If we want something like ice cream or cookies or whatever, we have to go out and get it. And that makes you want it more. You can't Uber eats it. You got to just get up and go get it. So if we want to run to Kelly's, you got to put on clothes. We got to text Anthony because if we don't text Anthony that we're going to Kelly's and he finds out, we're in big trouble. So, you know, you, and when we have, it's a whole process. So by the time you get there, you know, you really wanted it and you have it and you move on. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing mentality to nutrition, guys. You, you have one meal, not going to destroy you. You have 35 meals in a week. If you had one bad meal, you, you're not, you didn't ruin your progress. So try to stick with those tips. Uh, that's a great place to start. If you have questions or if there's anything that I can help you with, great ways to reach me. Uh, you can email me, getfit at allfitorlando.com. You can shoot me a text message. And here it is, 407-305-2310. 407-305-2310. Text me anytime. You have questions about sugar, glucose, whatever. You need some help. I'm here for you guys. All right. Uh, that's it. What else we have going on? So between this week, next week, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day. Next week, it's President's Day. Uh, it's the, it'll be my birthday Eve. Uh, I'm going to have a special guest on next week. Uh, so hopefully that'll be great. Uh, awesome. Okay, guys. Well, I'm going to wrap it up from here. So I hope you guys have an amazing week. Make those workouts. Stay away from that added sugar. Talk to you guys later. Bye.